Yeah, so right here, when they do this line here, you can hear her heart pump. Right there. It was not Brian's falsetto part, but it was that part right underneath it. And when she come, when they come in on the backgrounds on the second verse. Predominant. Great change. All right, welcome back to In My Beach Boys Room podcast. I am Adam Schreiner. I'm sitting here with Matthew Hartz, and I have John Hartz here today. Or we have John Hartz. He has been mentioned more than anybody else, I think, on this podcast with... Uh, he's except for, you know, it, but he hasn't been on the, but podcast. he hasn't been on the podcast. So we, you know, Matthew said, this is probably a good episode to bring him in. Uh, this is one of the first albums that you guys, well, this listen. is one of mom's three albums that we, the, the first three albums that we digested when we were infants. So we're going to get into all that. Uh, they had a, uh, is a tribute band cover band. What well, yeah, think? John and I, John and I performed beach boy tunes all our lives. My earliest gigs as a professional musician or as a performing musician, uh, we're doing Beach Boy songs with John at Perfect. school assemblies and stuff oh, like nice. that. But then that, uh, in the early 2000s, John and I and, uh, Bud Goodmanson, Lewis McFarland and a guy named Seth Carlson, we, we basically, uh, formed a Beach Boys tribute band that was basically kind of like a Beatlemania version of the Beach Boys. It was all in the, this is one of the shirts, as a matter of fact, from it. We all had the striped shirts and then I, uh, we all had the exact Olympic white instruments like around the wall over there and on the front of the concert album. And we're so, talking full on paid gigs, like, gig, oh yeah, yeah, like yeah, not, yeah. not so, just like playing in the, in the Oh no, basement, no, like, as a matter of fact, that's the reason we, did it is because we had some demand for it and we ended up we did the northwest motor fest we did uh did several big shows and then uh even they we were featured on cool 104 for a while because the when we took our our recording a surfer girl in that was a live live recording uh he they they used it for a while for at least oh six months or so they'd have a contest and they'd play our version of surfer girl back to back with the beach boys and have listeners call in and guess, you know? Oh, and no so, kidding. Yeah, and we, we had about 50% people oh. that would. Yeah. Wow. So that's pretty cool. We'll have to, we'll have to get that, that deal going where we got get the listeners some Wilson project. Music, yeah. And maybe but. we'll throw surf surfer girl on the end of this thing or something. I know it's not part of this album, but I mean, he's, I mean, but he's here. So we'll, we'll get, we'll get that out one way or another. So John, were you just vocals? Were you playing any instruments? What were you? Just vocals, just the uh, part of my glove. So oh. the stuff where, um, which a lot of the stuff we did involved my glove. So there wasn't too much where I was just standing up there. On the <laughs> yeah. Well, no, Mike was in, involved on everything, but, and, and people, I mean, I mean, when we were young, John often sang Mike's parts from the records too. So it was, you know, and I do some sort of backing vocal or and something. So how many we, did, we did pretty well in the band of, uh, like if it were a Dennis song singing, our drummer would sing it. Like yeah. Lewis would sing, um, do you want to dance? Like Dennis oh, wow. sang. And uh, like if it were a Mike Love part, I would sing it. If it were a Brian part, Bud would sing it. And, you he know, was like amazing. Matt, Matt would sing a Carl song. So like it was, it was very well 
Um, we tried to do it as legit as, as possible. possible. Totally. And I, you know, like even all of, you know, and tried to learn every, all of Carl's guitar solos and Bud played the bass with his thumb, like Brian did. And Lewis played the drums backward, played nice. the snare with his right hand. Authentic. Of the left, just a, yeah. That's the awesome. idea was for it to be authentic. That's awesome. Anyway. And so then like how many songs do you guys think you guys had in your we repertoire? We had about a 50 song repertoire. Yeah, was, I had to wow. learn the harmonies for... That's a lot. All of that, and then I made them all practice CDs with their just their parts, part on it, yeah. and then with all the parts on it. So. Some some of the stuff ended up. Uh, we we by the end we figured out our best. I would say like uh, these thirty of the fifty are the better. Of you know what I mean? Uh-huh. But I'd say through it all, there are about fifty songs, and uh, yeah, it was. And especially because we rolled through a couple musicians, there's not that much change, but there's a little bit of change in a few. The core musicians. four, yeah. So, but there were the, uh, funny the Al Jardine guy, or who is the only out not family member. That's the one that we ran two or three different guys through. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, like, but it was cool. We like w- several downtown gigs that yeah, we played really, the Reef a few times, uh, and, and uh, business. Uh, businesses would hire us to come out and uh, do, do their, corporate events. Corporate totally. Events. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, it was, yeah. we did quite a few things, but uh, yeah, it, it was just fun. Just fun. How, yeah. how long, I don't know if you said we, this, how long did you guys do well, this for? We did it for four or five years pretty seriously. And I would say more than anything, our John and I's little sister, when she passed away, that kind of, it was, it was a point where I just kind of quit doing a lot of things, you okay. know, and I, and, but I don't, I'm trying to think of what year. Oh yeah. Sammy passed away in two, 2006 06, and Molly is 07, and right then, at the start and, of 07. And then, so it was really around, around the time of Sammy's passing because we had just played Sammy's 40th birthday party a couple of years before that. That's one of my favorite shows we did. Yeah, it was, there was. It was just fun. It was like, uh, you know, like with anything, um, there were better shows and worse sure, shows. Sure, and like yeah, there yeah. were some days when we played the reef where the whole place was just jam packed and you had Beach Boy, like just people like just loving it, uh-huh. and, you know. So, but I, I just remember like a lot of the stuff was, uh, super cool. Yeah. Cool. It's a fun thing to do. Yeah. yeah. No, that's cool. And so, yeah, we'll get some Wilson Project stuff out so they can, um, you know, our, our listeners can can check that out. But we probably should get into the Little Do Scoop album analysis. So, but you said you want to you want to do some history do some stuff history before first. we do that. Okay. So let's go back to Surfer Girl. The Surfer Girl album was recorded from May to early July in '63. Okay. On on that record were two new two two new cartoons we had a little loose coop and our car club okay now before that we had 409 on surf and safari and shut down on surfing usa so we had four cartoons um in june of 1963 capitol records drafts nick vanay and gary usher Gary Usher, who wrote 409 and In My Room. Nick Vanay, who's the guy who signed the Beach Boys and is the producer, listed as the producer on the first two records. So Capitol says, hey, you guys, these cartoons were uh, pretty, did pretty well. Let's let's put together a record and you guys will assemble a whole another car album. As a matter of fact, where is that thing? Here it is. This is the original shutdown. It has two songs by the Beach Boys on it. And the rest of them are 
groups called like the Piltdown Men and the Eligibles, and some of them are legitimate, and some of them are just studio musicians that they made up the names of these people to put out a car song album. Okay, okay. Well, anyway, it was pretty successful. It went to number eight. And the Beach Boys, I don't think, necessarily knew it was going to happen. And so this probably kind of pissed some people off, include maybe Brian and Murray and some others, and said, hey, man, we want to capitalize on our deal, too. And just as an aside, before I go any further, if you think, wow, the 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 Beach Boys, the guy that wrote 409 and their producer were involved with something else, kind of making Beach Boys-like music. The Hondells, I, this is from the next year, but they basically got their name, I think, because of the, the Hondas and maybe Little Honda. But this record is produced by Nick Vinay and Gary Usher. And the guy that wrote the liner notes is Roger Christian, who wrote the, we're going to talk about him a lot today in today's episode, because he wrote most of the lyrics on the Little Deuce Coop album, including Little Deuce Coop. Uh-huh. And so I, I'm basically showing that to the Beach Boys success spurred a lot of sound alike bands and and people that jumped on the bandwagon and then they even used the same people that were in the beach boys world were producing these albums and bruce johnston as we've already talked was in early surf groups at this time they were doing beach boy knockoffs him with terry melcher as the rip chords you know like hey little cobra and little gto but i just wanted to say okay the beach boys started something that just kind of went crazy within the industry and so I think Little Deuce Coop is it's an attempt to for the Beach Boys, the first attempt for them to capitalize on the success of the cartoons. So Little Deuce Coop was the first exa- it was the Beach Boys trying to capitalize on their car songs. Now let's jump ahead to the first album of 1964, which is actually called Shutdown Volume 2, which is after all this crap had gone on, it's hypothesized that even though there's hardly you know, there's there's a song called Shutdown Volume 2 that's an instrumental on there, but it was more a dig at Capitol for thanks for putting out the record Shutdown and everybody thought it was a Beach Boys record. Now we'll just put out one that's Shutdown Volume 2 and it is all the Beach Boys. And that was so it's kind of it's it's a it's a weird little history in there, if that makes any sense. So the Little Deuce Coop album was supposedly recorded in just a couple of days in early September, just a couple of days at the same time that the Surfer Girl album was released in early September. It had been recorded in the summer, right? Okay, and all this time, John, check this out, and I know uh, this might be a bit of a revelation to you, but even before the famous time when Brian quit the road at the end of 64, in 63 sometimes, the Beach Boys on the road, a lot of the time, as a matter of fact, were Carl and Dennis, David, Mike, and Al. Al had come back and he was playing the bass and singing Brian's high parts on the road. So the Beach Boys, the other thing that makes this amazing, all through that summer, they were playing almost every day. And everybody's wondered, how did they get this album recorded? Well, first of all, they don't really think it was recorded in just two days. Um, but... There's only eight new tracks on the record because why? We've got the four car songs from the first four. So we, we don't have as many to record. And then of those eight tracks, 
only five of them are really new songs. They're, yeah, I noticed, they're, I they're actually that. songs that have been recycled from from other tunes. And so there wasn't that much work to do. But um, that being said, we'll talk about the lineup on the record. On the back of Little Deuce Coop, it's a picture of David, not Al. So it's still the, they're still using the pictures from that period before Al was with the band. But Al is playing bass and some guitar and singing on the whole record. Okay. So we've got six Beach Boys on hey, was this. It, was this the first time we saw Beach Road to your school? Yes. Yes. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that's the single version didn't come out until after Be True to you, after the album. Right. Um, so anyway, the the so we've got six Beach Boys plus we've got Hal Blaine from the Wrecking Crew, Steve Douglas from well the group they called the Wrecking Crew, and some other session musicians, possibly Glenn Campbell, some other people on this record. But it's the Beach Boys themselves as the main band. They're doing they did most of the tracking, augmented by the other musicians. However, there's it's been hypothesized that Brian's friends he was producing another group called the Survivors at this point one of the many things besides Jan and Dean besides the Honeys and this was a group of his friends and they had recorded a song called Pamela Jean which actually turns into Car Crazy Cutie on this album but it's hypothesized that because the Beach Boys were on the road so much the other Beach Boys that Brian actually brought in some of those guys and you can there are some strange voices in the backgrounds on on here and Bob Norberg is hypothesized to be one and maybe Rich Alarian. I'll get into that, but that's going to set the table for the album, if that makes any sense. It was released in October 7th, so just three weeks after Surfer Girl, and it did go to number four. Oh, wow. So it was a really successful album. So there's the little brief history of, of Little Discoop, which the, was the Beach Boys' first total car album. Total Car album, and <clears throat> like you said, because that was actually one thing I looked at as well when I was going through these songs of, and you mentioned it just now, was the amount of new songs compared to reused songs. Mm-hmm. And so it was the number you said was eight? Well, there's eight new tracks. Eight new tracks. But only five of those are bonafide new songs. New songs. Mm-hmm. Okay. So in a, if, if, if they did have a short amount of time to work on it, and they did only do a few days in the studios, that's making more sense that... You know, Brian kind of cut down on the amount of work he had to do. You know, it wasn't an album of all new material. Right. Okay. Okay. And so then, and you wanted to bring John in on this one for a specific, because this was a, uh, an album that. Well, this is the one of the three that mom had and when so, we were little. And, and, um, and it's just these three albums are forever, like they're the most deep seated albums because they're like primitive memories, you know. So then, uh, did you, it was your it was your parents' album. It wasn't neither one of you. No, it was mom's. They were mom's records. Okay, so you can yeah. Yeah, they were around since we were like born because mom probably bought them. Like I was born in seventy one. He was born in sixty. She bought them when she was in college and high school. So she bought them when they came out. Got yeah, it. Got it. Which, so they were just always in the house. Always in the house. Nice, nice. Okay, so then. Um, do we want to start talking about each track, or how do you want? Yeah, to, or yeah, do you, yeah. Um, so that, that was. I just needed to. It is really kind of a convoluted history that I didn't even know a lot of until a few years ago, and then the more I got that, oh man, that's pretty interesting, you know. Especially when you figure Surfer Girl was released in September, and then Little Deuce Coop was released. That's a month. 
You know, yeah. when this, the, what do we talk about with artists? These, it, you get a new, new album every couple of years. Yeah, exactly. And in fact, they're even extending it out. Some artists are like making it more of a big deal. Like they only release one every five years. You right, know? So, right, right, right. Um, yeah, very different. But like, I mean, you'd kind of mentioned that at this time, there was really no precedent that had been set for how to do this. No, so, rock and roll was brand new. So Bri- just Brian trying- didn't even know was what should be expected of him. He was just excited to work and make all this music. Right. You know, and didn't know he was really burning himself out as sure. much as he was. Sure. Okay, so then uh, let's get into the uh, the first, let's just start working through the tracks, which obviously we already talked about Little Do Scoop in the last uh, episode. Because mm-hmm. um, it want, was on the Surfer, it was Girl, on the Surfer album. Girl album. Do we want to revisit that at all? Well, I want, you know, it. it's reportedly it's Brian's favorite of his car, cartoons that he wrote. And it's a, one of the first times we see a shuffle beat. Yeah, which, yeah. And I think we talked about that. I think you that. said that in the last episode. But there's yeah. a, there's also a cool, it's a shuffle, but it's, there's a clue, there's a, cool blues element to it the the vocal line is bluesy and so it's a a blues shuffle and then one thing i was reminded of when i was doing the research is frank zappa believe it or not says that this this tune was pivotal for him musically because of brian's uh moving back and forth from the two minor to the five on the on the hook uh So right here in the chorus in the hook where it goes just that five little goose coop you don't know what I got Brian goes little goose coop you don't know what I got substituting the two minor for a five which is very common in in theory but it was the first time somebody did something jazz substitution wise that bent Frank Zappa's ear on a record and he he cites that and that's even on Wikipedia. Okay, so in this oh good old Wikipedia. So then uh something like that is something that is one of those examples. It's a of, jazz chord substitution. But that, like you trick. wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't really, I guess, a non-musician ear like myself wouldn't even catch something like that. It, no, know, but it definitely it gives, feels simple. But it's actually, yeah, a, you know, it's one of those examples of it, like the Beach Boys music being more technical than it actually than it might seem. Yeah, especially certain, yeah. to a casual yeah, listener. Exactly. That still sounds like bubblegum, but that's advanced chord ideas even in a simpler tune like Little Deuce Coop. Right, right. You got uh, anything to say about Little Deuce Coop? We played that a lot growing up. Yeah, I I I would say the shuffle beat. I I I just think that the tune as a whole is uh very catchy. I think that um it's a great song to start an album with and even name an album because of the, uh, the actual, um, just how, how, how much it catches the listener's ear. That's the mm-hmm. best way I'd say. I like to also how supposedly it's got two drummers on it. Dennis is playing drums on the basic track, but how Blaine is playing on here too. And that little snare drum hit that starts the thing is kind of, you know, sets the table and it really catches the ear too. And that hook to begin the song. So that's cool. <coughs> okay. Um, okay. So then um little discoop. Yeah, I think such a, just a popular song. Like you said, it's got that catchy, it just has that, that good feeling catchy thing. That's good for, um, 
you know, and I think we, you know, Al also said on this one, um, he said that this one he didn't play bass on because it was a little bit hard for him. So Carl took over the bass and Brian's playing piano on it. And, and, uh, that's kind of fun. Like maybe for me, someone that's more like listening to vocals than someone who, than anything else, especially at a really young age. Right. Like you hear that, how it comes in like, I'm not bragging, babe, so don't put it down. Like that type of like uh, lead in, like you just kind of, just kind of catches you. Catches you, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. What I think, and, and Matthew and I have talked about this before as well, yeah, of the, there are a lot, a lot of people that's what they, the vocals is what catches them yeah. first, you know? So, well, this is a signature Mike Love tune too i mean i think it's one of his hardest you know that's it's and then mike also used this tune to introduce the beach boys for years you know for a couple years after this yeah so then we get uh we start we move into ballad vol betsy yeah boy i I remember i i even loved this when i was a little kid i remember sitting and listening to it it's a there's a this one's written with Roger Christian also the DJ that helped write Little Loose Coop and he writes a lot of this album with Brian. Um, it's a beautiful intro, but the chord progression is 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 really jazzy. There's a lot of jazz jazz chord progressions that are showing up in this record that were kind of foreshadowed by a couple of tunes on Surfer Girl, but it's it's really, you know, it really was hitting me when I was listening to the album some tunes, you know, just familiar chord progressions in the some of the tunes with Ballad Old Betsy A flat then 3 minor Just ma- r- really, really, really pretty stuff. And uh, also, there's the Surfer Girl bass line in there, I was noticing. Right here. That's kind of, it's the same line that's used in Surfer Girl. So I was listening to that. It's another 6-8 ballad from Brian. I hear shadows of a song that people think, why wasn't it ever released? There's a song, if you look on the internet, called Thank Him by Brian as an outside kind of production, maybe the Beach Boys. But I think part of this was recycled into, part of Thank Him is recycled into Ballad of Old Betsy. And then the last thing I'll say about this is you can really hear the Be- the Beach Boys' mom is on this track, and she's a high voice, and it's a timbre that's a real, the highest voice. As a matter of fact, uh, we want to play a little bit of Ballad of Old Betsy, yeah, yeah, and yeah. let's see if we can... So we can hear Audrey's voice in there. And this I this is the tune that where it's way prominent. Yeah, so right here when they do this line here, you can hear her heart from Right there. It was not Brian's falsetto part, but it was that part right underneath it. And when she come when they come in on the backgrounds on the second verse. Predominant, great change. A flat seven, D, D minor, or D minor. Okay, now you can really hear her voice here. Hmm. 
Why didn't Brian just uh, record it on a different track instead of? Well, they didn't have that technology back then. It was three track. They had oh. to do most of the singing live, and so that's why they brought in other. You know. That's crazy. So she was singing while Brian was singing the falsetto. She was her. singing with. Well, sometimes they part out the. We can go. Sometimes they record the lead separately at this time, and sometimes Brian would be he heard with all the harmony singers, but he just needed more people in that high range. But you with know, with only three tracks too, you got to have yeah, 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 singers yeah. at the same mm-hmm. time. I but mean, and he had see they're they're wondering too because the Beach Boys were out on the road so much. How much of this could have been, Mom? Everybody's gone. Can you come in and sing on this, Bob? Can you come in and sing on? You know, he was. A lot of those reasons might have been that the Beach Boys were on the road, but Audrey sang with them at other times too, you know, and it's just Brian used more singers a lot of the time. You know, what I think is really cool about this particular song, and then we'll get to it later, but Spirit of America is like his his falsetto in those first three albums, you could hear it. It was great. And a lot of times, though, it was secondary to, you know, like, and I'm probably missing a few songs somewhere. But all of a sudden, like Spirit of America and Ballad of Old Betsy, like the falsetto is so, like, this is the song. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, and it's like awesome to get to hear his voice, especially while it was, he was still as young as what he was. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And it was oh, the yeah. best, the best you ever heard is falsetto, like right in about that time. I'd say that, uh, you know, 64 and, six, you know, when you're, you're talking about like, please let me, want, don't worry, baby. And please, that's the sweet spot of yeah. it really when it was his healthiest. Yeah, yeah. no question. And, but I think uh, when I sit and listen to Betsy and, uh, you know, you, you bring up those two songs like Balladable, Betsy, Betsy and uh, Spirit of America, most people are like, well, you know, like those are Beach Boy songs or or whatnot, but the great Beach Boy fans that go like, oh, like mm-hmm. that is like where you get to hear Brian's vocals at like about the highest level you can get. What do you think of uh, Ballad Old Betsy? <clears throat> well, you know me and my uh, my slow song. Yeah, it was good. It wasn't, you know, but it wasn't. You know, what's funny about the slower songs in, in these early albums i actually do like more than when we did the you know kind of the, talking about the slower songs you know doing the 70s, the 70s and on. yeah they, those ones i didn't i like these ones better than i like those ones for mm-hmm. i don't know what for whatever reason that mm-hmm. is i don't know maybe it's because it's kind of it has that like i don't know i, I really don't know how it's to a, even, how it's to, a, it's, it's, describe... it's a jazz ballad really when you i mean you, you know i'm listening to it from a from a musician spectrum perspective it's i'm really and that's what resonated with me as a child right these chords wow you know i can't there's not i can't even play these things on the guitar because they're so difficult the only thing i can like you know my brain can kind of like associate it with is like the earth angel type of that's good you know same beat earth angel earth angel earth angel same it's a 6-8 ballad it's okay. doo-wop ballads were really popular at the time and spirit of america that we get to yeah, later yeah. is, is a, well. the same thing it is a, a do a, a variant on a doo-wop ballad okay so, so then so. apparently i'm a fan of doo-wop ballads because that <laughs> that is what is like, so your summer dream yeah. from the surfer girl yeah album. so yeah. um so then let's uh, be true to your school is next yeah 
Okay. So, and, you know, I got excited because you asked if this was the first time Beatrice Your School had shown up. And the only reason, like, I, I was so excited to be like, yes, because I actually know that. I actually, <laughs> actually know that one. I can answer that I question. I heard you answer that yeah, quick. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, I was excited. I was very excited to be able to answer, uh, you know, uh, retain that Beach Boys knowledge. But, um, yeah, go ahead, man. Well, so, yeah, but this is not the hit version. But... This is the first version that John and I heard for sure. And when we've talked about Endless Summer, the massive compilation that came out in 74, they put it together so quickly that they left, they put the original versions of both this and Help Me Rhonda on there instead of the hit single versions. And so even when John and I got Endless Summer in the mid 70s, we were still hearing the album cut be true to your school and when i finally heard the the one with the honeys on and the as the cheerleaders and the marching band and everything i go wow what the heck it wasn't is this? until for me the 90s yeah because when the, the cds got yeah. released when it, when it came on as a bo- bonus track yeah and yeah. that's the first time i'd heard that and i was like where'd these come from and i was like oh no these were these were the singles right you well they're the singles this actually i think brian recorded so the, the album was released october 7th and and either i think the be the new be true to your school single came out on october 28th so somewhere in between that he went in and recorded a whole new version of of be true to your school that was the the hit that was in 1963. So that's that's kind of a cool um, thing on that one. Uh, I think I, like for like a listening listening to the whole like you know for years listening to this this album you to it's like weird to hear a song that isn't as car related as the rest of the songs. Mm-hmm. And we didn't think about that at the time though because we kind of resonate with the school thing. I did find a uh, episode or as Brian was doing a radio interview in the seventies and they were asking about some of the early tunes and they asked him about be true to your school. And he goes, ah, that's the one I just, I don't know about the lyric on that one <laughs> or something. Or he just, he said in retrospect, he didn't know if he, whether, you know, I think it was cool and it was something else that resonated with kids, you know, school spirit. I got to right think, I got to think Capitol records love the thought of it. I, I mean, you sit there and, I just sit and look at the Beach Boy trajectory, and this is going beyond this album, I know, but like you're talking about for a California teenager, you're talking about surf, and then you move on to cars, and then you go on to love after that. Yeah. And what are, what are teenagers like more than those three things? Yeah. Right? Like yeah. it's like, uh, like the Beach Boys, and I, I think it's awesome they were putting out albums as quick as they were because the, the public was craving it. Mm-hmm. You know, they are going. You know, as fast you guys will put stuff out, we'll buy it at the time. What would you say? It went to number four? Yeah. We'll just mm-hmm. coop, buy it after Surfer Girl. What Surfer Girl? Go Surfer through? Girl did not do that well. Oh, wow. Um, Surfing USA, the second, it went number two. It was oh, their I got second it. album. It's, I can't, I think, I see, don't get me to lying. The, some of our <laughs> fans will say, you guys need to do more hard research yeah. on this. Well, <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't know everything about the Beach Boys, folks. I'm sorry. <laughs> or I can't remember, can't remember as old as I am these days. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Be True to Your School is another one of those songs, though, that seems like a pretty banal pop tune. It's got a 
scary chord progression that echoes those six, eight ballads in it, just kind of in a punkier way. But it would do the same thing that I get around does the next year, just in a, it's, it's crazy chords. It's a hard song. When we had the Wilson project, John and I had a Beach Boy tribute band. I remember trying to teach the musicians like be true to your school. And that was a hard, you know, cause it was a sneaky chord progression just all over the place. I really, I know it's not in the little disc coupe album, but when I did get to hear the, uh, the original, you know, the one you're talking about where the cheerleaders are in the background doing the cheering. I was like, ah, oh, that's pretty cool. That's uh-huh. pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Especially how they worked it into the song just perfectly. Like it was, uh, well, well integrated. So. Well, and there's a tune when, you know, when Brian and Al were on the football team in Hawthorne, they, uh, Al would always, that song that's in the middle of, of that version of Be, Be True to Your School, there's da 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 oh, yeah. da da That was Onward Cougars, Onward Cougars from their high school. So they were at, you know, he, he it's, it is how he meshed all that stuff in there and just make, made it work seamlessly. The, yeah. With, with, with a marching exactly band. Yeah. And it's like exactly <laughs> with the other, like it just really, Really cool. Like, I'm not a change guy. Like, if I hear something, like, I'll hear remakes of certain songs and usually I'm like, I'll just stick with the original. That's one where after I heard the, in the 90s, got to hear that one because it took for the new releases to come up for me to hear it. I was like, oh, I think I might like that better. Well, think, don't you like the single version of, on, of Help Me Rhonda better than the, than the today version yeah. of, yeah, same. There's yeah. a little bit of a, I know we're getting away from yeah, this yeah. album again, but like there's there's something there's certain parts of it. It's like ah, to the single version, I just like a little better. So. No, that's good, good stuff. So we move on to Car Crazy Cutie. Yeah, Car Crazy Cutie, which we did. You did uh, in the uh, me and Bud did a version of it with that, violin and guitar on that. Yep. Yep. In the which was which for me because I I had never heard that song before. You did the cover. Uh-huh. Uh, and so then, obviously, when I actually heard this, this the original, I I've really enjoyed it. Obviously, but mm-hmm. um, it's a doo wop tune. It's done in the spirit of like Dion is what they said at the time. But it was originally a tune that Brian was producing for other people called Pamela Jean. Pamela Jean. Have you heard that? Pamela? I've heard it. Yeah. You played it for me once. Like yeah. you know, every once in a while, there's more than just this. But you'll play a song for me and go, "Hey, listen, they, this is." Uh, matched up exactly to and sometimes it'll be the beach boys doing the with the same melody two completely different sets of lyrics not right a different right right group, no know? no no yeah so this is one of the tunes that he didn't have to rewrite other than roger christian wrote new lyrics to it to be about a uh you know, somewhat related to cars. Yeah. And I was thinking about how in the shower today, I was actually thinking about how cool of an idea that is, you know, the chick working in the garage and getting axle grease under her fingernails and, and, you know, it's it, pretty cool story, but is I also love how you can hear Dennis real prominently in the vocal stack on this. And he's even just slightly Sorry, out uh, of tune. Yeah. There, the couple, we always love that though. There's, <laughs> there's one on it. He comes in, I believe second on the, uh, Run, run, and there is one where he comes. I in think and it's it the, is, the last one that they do uh, with that. Yeah, and dude, he's and, about a quarter tone. But off. it's almost like, um, like it makes you understand, like a it doesn't have to be completely perfect. You no, know and mean? these like, are young kids. Yeah. These are exu- it shows that, yeah, that hadn't been playing their instruments for even very long. I mean, it's pretty crazy stuff. But so anyway, um, for this, this is something that I. 
I feel like strongly about. But when I when I listen to something like Little Deuce Coop and to the re- the a casual fan that 409 and Little Deuce Coop are, you know, that's what I like about the Beach Boys from this album. I would strongly suggest like Ballad of Old Betsy, uh, uh, Spirit of America, Car Crazy Cutie, Cherry Cherry Coop. Custom machine, like there, there are tracks on this one. No where, go showboat, one oh, of my favorite. There, there are so many great songs here. Where, um, and I love all the tracks on all of them just because I'm a fan. But like for Surf and Safari, which you guys have, I, I'm sure already covered, but like it felt like there are more filler tunes, filler tunes. Whereas this one has just great tunes throughout. You know, but and that the, it, it was we've gone through. If you listen to obviously the first few albums it gets it, it just gets progressively better and better and less yeah. filler you know surfer girl has very little, little yeah you know the, agreed you know, like you know? i was i was actually looking at the different stuff the last few days going like oh it just kept when you then all of a sudden like to me there's i'd strongly suggest to the casual fan especially to go listen to this whole entire album mm-hmm. because it's just song after song like somebody who doesn't like car crazy cutie it's like you might not like music a whole bunch because <laughs> there is there is a um you know this better than me, but like that the four freshmen uh harmony thought going into the start of it. I you know, like wh- wherever that like it's just tremendous harmonies leading into it and then the the lyrics, the music, every every part of that song is very good. Check this out. You got two tunes, one right after the other are CCC. Yeah. Car Crazy Cutie and Cherry Cherry Coop. Yeah. Oh, interesting. So so let's move on to Cherry Cherry Coop, which has a, been a, a favorite of me and John's and always makes me think of Sammy, our cousin, for some reason. Yeah, um, that, it's my favorite on the on the. Okay, so it's not – This is, this is, this is this not is the number one for you This on is the number one for me. Huh. Okay. This. Cool. This, it, and, and I love the song too, but it's not new. It's the tune was actually attempted as a song called Land Ahoy in during the Surf and Safari sessions. And so Brian had the music, but just wasn't satisfied with it. They like, put it out. And right, so he right. knew he had that in the can. Again, here comes the surfer and say, hey, Roger, uh, come on. We've got to write a bunch of tunes quick. And I've got these other songs, you know, these songs that I were. So it started out as Land Ahoy on Surf and Safari and is now Cherry Cherry Coop on the uh, – on the Little Deuce Coop album. And uh, it's just a, I don't know. I I love all of Roger Christian's lyrics. And this was a case where where actually Brian fit Roger's lyrics to music he had already written. Most of the time he was taking Roger, Roger just wrote him poems and then he'd write music around it. Um, but this is a case where he obviously already had it, had it made. But I, I, I like this song too. There's, there's something in the rhythm track, and I think it's probably the piano buried in there, played with the guitars. That ding, ding, ding. there's yeah. a sound to that that yeah, really that's grabs actually, me. Well, there was the there's some, actually one thing that I noticed, and, and maybe I'll play it here, but it's like it almost sounds like there's like a part of the guitar that's like going in and out almost. It's like this like certain strum here. I'm gonna play it and okay. then see if we can if because it, it just it's it was it was uh, noticeable to me. Um, and I don't know if that's intentional, if that's like, I don't know, maybe the mix or whatever, but that was just one thing I wanted to bring up and. Go cherry, cherry, good. I think it's enough. The wildest short around is my cherry, 
It's like, it is a guitar, uh, the, how the guitars, what's going on with the guitar in this? They're just very bright. Yeah, it's just a little, that's Carl, it sounds like, too. So it's just like an emphasis on that, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's intentional on that, that's not like Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I hear Hal on this trip, so this must be another one where I bet you Dennis is on here and Hal is on here. Anyway, it uh, it just amazes me. I, I love the lyrics to it. Like as you said, it you talked about Roger Christian. I think mm-hmm. you said like, but there's so many lyrics in this album where I don't know. Cause I'm not a car guy, right? <laughs> we made and, up our own words. Uh, yeah, to like this to this we day. Kids. To this day, sometimes I'll I'll actually now I'll see the lyrics on the internet and I'll go, I was, you know, I was way <laughs> off on that. But what's funny is like without being a car junkie, and I'll, I almost like there's a part of me it's like thinking like this is just a kid slang. Like when you hear some, like, and I'm probably wrong. But I just, in my mind, I always kind of work. Chrome reverse rims with white wall slicks, and it turns to the quarter mile in 106. I'm not sure what any of that completely means. You know, quarter mile, 106. But We're it talking, sounds cool being sung. Yeah, really cool. But uh, like you're going to quarter mile, minute six, people run quicker than that. What are we talking about here exactly? I know that the car junkies out there know it, but to me, it was just like cool. Yeah. Like yeah. it is just like somebody knows what they're talking about, and I think it's super cool. Yeah. You know, so. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so then 409 and shut down. Yeah, 409, I think, ends side one. And so we've talked about that. That's the This is the only tune that Gary Usher gets writing credit on. Why? Because this is from early. And this is after Murray has kind of become wary of Gary Usher and Gary kind of gets pushed out of things. And that's maybe why Gary, well, I know it's a reason why Gary goes and starts working on Beach Boy Soundalike stuff. You know, with, uh, with, uh, you know, Gary was the first producer of the birds too, you know? Hmm. So, I mean, you know, people wonder why Gary Usher was out making records with Nick Benet doing Beach Boy Knock. Well, it's kind of because he'd been pushed out of Beach Boy's world and Roger Christian had been brought in. Does that make any yeah, sense? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, I yeah, just yeah. want to say that about 409, but we've already. Yeah, I already talked did about Do you it. have anything to say about 409? I mean. You know, um, I love the tune, but um, I, this is just a completely me. Like, I just like the other stuff on the album better. Maybe mm-hmm. because I just heard, I've heard 409 so much so in much. my life. Like, if I'm going to sit and listen to Little Deuce Coop, 409 is like a, uh, I just don't listen to it as much. But it, it's nothing, I like, uh, like when we did Wilson Project, I really liked 409. And one oh, of the yeah. reasons why is because it fit my vocal range better than a lot of mm-hmm. stuff that we did. But uh, I will say, um, yeah, it would be lower on my list, just maybe from the uh, saturation. Of if you, if so you think, of one of the things is 409 sounds 
a little bit out of place on here. Not it's a car song, so it's in place. But you got to remember it was recorded so much earlier than yeah. the re- that was the first. So it sounds to me, it's got that primitive sound compared to the rest of the record. And even there, there's there's another spot where you can really hear Dennis being out of tune in a couple of spots on four oh nine on the vocals. You know, yeah. and and so to me. 409 just compared to the rest of the album has less of a polished feel to it. Yeah. I guess it, so anyway. Maybe a more, correct me if I'm wrong, but maybe a little bit more basic. Well, and like you said, primitive, like a more basic feel than some of the others. Less instruments too, yeah. for, for the most part. Then you got shut down to start the next. We've, we've talked about that one, but this is, this is a tune and we, we maybe, you know, this is one that, the Wilson project, the band John and I had, we did four tunes that we recorded for a demo, and this was one of them. And uh, yeah, I need so. to—I remember we're gonna—we forgot we're gonna do some sort of a special video for the Wilson project, and we'll do that. But we've already said a ton about this. Um, however, it's the the earliest uh, time that Roger Christian wrote with Brian. Yeah, and then I yeah. guess anything John shut down anything that you because uh, we already talked about it in the past episode, but. Yeah, I the same same sort of feel as four oh nine. I honestly like maybe a little bit more um I like it maybe a little bit more just from the less I hear it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But other than that, um I it's it's just a song I enjoy. Yeah. Well know? and you know, actually the four oh nine you know, speaking to what you were saying a moment ago is that four oh nine commercial with the sp- spray you know well you get you get yeah. that attached to yeah, it. yeah so especially for someone like me you know that mm-hmm. like i probably heard the you know the, the 409 commercial before i did the actual song same thing so. in the 70s happened there you know sun kissed the soda orange uh-huh. soda yeah, they vibrations. used good vibrations yeah. and that was everybody associated good vibrations with sun kissed for a long time because of that same, branding same thing. yeah fun 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 there's been a couple of things just i i can understand that completely yeah so then uh, now we get, as we've mentioned a few times, Spirit of America. Yeah, and so this is another Brian Roger Christian tune. The cool thing about it is that it's, you know, talking about the land speed records, and that's there. That's done not very far from here, out on the Bonneville Salt Flats. Just drove across there with a sleep at the wheel not too long ago. And uh, specifically, they're talking about a guy named Craig Breedlove who set the record relatively, you know, it must have been around that time which was 407 miles an hour. And so it's kind of a, it, it is a car song, but it, you know, it's, it, uh, interesting how they came up with these ideas for song lyrics and stuff like that. Really cool. How the beach boys are able to integrate what's happening at that point of American history into a lot of their, their albums and a lot of their, um, tracks, but not a lot of groups do it. Like not, you know, like that's something that is, uh, most people don't know like that that type of thing happened. And mm-hmm. like all of a sudden you hear this and you go, you know, a kid listening to that go like, hey, dad, did this happen? Yeah. You know, like this, this is something that went down at this point of time. Yeah. This is actually history. my favorite song on this album. Wow. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I really like this one. There's another, so it's, I told, talked about it being a, a doo-wop variant and even, even Mike has a doo-wop bass vocal on this. I, I, I was actually wondering. I was wondering who was the bass vocal because it's very it's deep. It's really deep. That's Mike. Yeah. Well, I guess I should rephrase it. This is my favorite of the newer songs, not counting like okay. you know the ones that have been, you know, 
put on here for that we've already heard before. The newer songs uh, on this album, this one uh, I liked the best, which is was was kind of shocking even for me. Uh, so then our car club, which was which surfer, was done on the surfer girl on the surfer girl album, and I w- I wanted to say on Spirit of America another great chord progression, you know, just like Ballad of Old Betsy and um, our car club. One of the things I didn't talk about before then, I I I think I um, referenced that it's 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 a it's a blues. But it, it's got this crazy little one four thing going on in it. And this is a Brian and Mike love tune. This is so this is let's see and it's that And then you go to B the four chord, but then it's almost like you're changing keys because he does the same thing over that four chord. There's Watermelon Man in there. I think I referenced that on the last one. It's it's a great little tune with some good music ideas in it. And then this one has Hal Blaine, Steve Douglas. Uh, uh, most of the, the newer tunes have have some of those, a few guys from what would be known as the Wrecking Crew on it. You know, it's lots of sax on this record that you, of course, hear here that, well, I guess that was on Surfer Girl, but then Spirit of America, you can the sax was prominent on that one. <clears throat> yeah. Um so I guess we can go on to No Go Showboat, which is one of it's it's it this is one of my favorites on here. And uh, a funny song, the lyrics about it, you know, being a a car that looks good but ain't very good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh I remember thinking when i was young i knew that at a spot in the hook on this that it was al singing and i thought you know i knew that there was something weird of that that's al's voice you know why wall strips with racing you know the, the, there's a uh, a vocal hook in there that al sings but i also like brian's brian's falsetto vocal right out of the gate is just kind of slamming he just um and it's a great chord progression in the key of D flat. That's another thing. The songs on here, Little Deuce Coop, A flat, Ballad of Old Betsy, A flat, Beat Trader School, B flat, Car Crazy, Car Crazy Cutie, Cutie, B, Spirit of America, E flat. It's a bunch of weird keys for rock and roll songs. It's not your standard guy. It's, it's a guy that's more interested in jazz. Yeah, writing, yeah, yeah, keys, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Those are hard. <laughs> Do you, what, what do you think the reason for that was? Do you think that's because Brian wanted to start to show people like, hey, you no. know, we're going to go branch out? No, he, he 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 looked at it very much from the perspective of certain keys made him feel a certain way. And so he would, like, he'd choose a key specifically for a song. Go, oh, I like the feeling of this. I, like, I think it'll fit people's vocal ranges and everything like that. But he had a lot more freedom than other musicians of the day because he was studying more complicated music. So he had those options to available to him, you know, which uh, we can go on to maybe the next song, which is A Young Man Is Gone, which is not... Uh, original song and oh, it's not okay. the first time the beach boys have done this this is originally written by a guy that wrote route 66 we cover that in sleep at the wheel and he's written a lot of other great tunes um but it was known as their hearts were full of spring i don't know 
because nobody gets the writer's credit besides Bobby Troop on it. I don't know who came up with the new lyrics for it. I don't know if it was Roger Christian or if it was Mike or whatever like that. But this is probably, I think this young man is gone version. I've heard many versions of them doing uh, their hearts were full of spring live and in demos and stuff like that. I think this is sung so great and so performed really, really well. It's double tracked and it sounds really thick, but they're referencing uh, James Dean had died. Oh, okay, recently. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I, was, I, was, I had I had that question of who the rebel who, without yeah. a cause. And that's what that's what I was saying. Like you, you're getting from a lot of Beach Boys tunes, like a story of you know, like now we hear a story about James Dean. We hear a story about the uh, spirit of America. I just I I love that about the music. This is a so John and I have known this forever. It's a really hard song to sing. The fact that he could teach those parts to his brothers and cousin and friend. I mean, it it's. Because yeah, it it's is, it's just a cappella, right? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But it it it's very, very, very hard to sing. I mean, it is not just harmony; it's jazz harmony, and sometimes jazz harmony with a lot of hard tricks in it. You know, and those like I've said before, those guys just didn't know it was hard. You know, they just he just they sang what he fed them. You know, um, I will say on this one, um, John and I's cousin Sammy, he passed away. Uh, when he was 43 years old and he was our manager of the Wilson project. And we, I did this song at his, at his funeral that John spoke at. And I did want to acknowledge uh, Sammy was a big part of me and John's early beach boy history and was a big supporter. And John was especially real close to him at the end of his life. And so I wanted to put that shout out to Sammy there at, at this point. Yeah. I, I, uh, yeah, I, that that I don't even remember you playing it at the funeral. I'm sure you did. It was just a tough day. What you what you no. uh, just like uh, on the violin or? No, I played the guitar, guitar. and sang it. And oh, then, you sang it again, yeah, and, and a couple the two other guys from the Wilson Project, Bud and Lewis, came and we did a couple other songs too, but not Beach Boy tunes. We did a can't do I'm all right and something else. I can't. It, I'm like John. That was a numb. That day was. I I've never. I, I can barely remember it, but I did as I was doing the notes. I, I was thinking a lot about Sammy on this, and for some reason that came up. But it was a tough day for yeah. our family. Yeah, you know, uh, going back to just just briefly the uh, no go showboat. It's funny, and it correlates with what I said earlier today. For years and years, I don't even think I knew what the song meant. That it was a car that looked good but didn't wasn't fast it was just i just liked the song like, hey this is a cool song yeah like as you you're talking like i'm i'm listening to this song since i was three four five years old so all of a sudden you're six years old and you know lyrics to every song on this uh album but not necessarily what the lyrics mean or what mm-hmm. it's really about so that's like and how much i never knew you know like and then all of a sudden you get back into the beach boys and you're sitting there going like oh Here's what that was, you know, like, uh, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of meaning to a lot of stuff. I'm not saying particular on all the little, or on the little disc coupe songs because it's more just about a car, but you get, especially as he starts to move forward this, with this writing, there is a lot of meaning in a lot mm-hmm. of the stuff that he does. So, mm-hmm. and that brings us to Custom Machine, the last one, which I've got chords, exclamation point, punk, 
exclamation point. This is the gem of the album. This is my Brian and Mike, but I mean this thing. Jack my custom machine. Well, she's metal flake. I mean, and that's just a sampling of it. I mean, the the thing is just punk rock before punk rock, and then the harmonies are incredible on it. I I truly think this is one of the 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 fast Beach Boys songs that uh, is a real gem that a lot of people don't know about. I, I yeah. met other people that have said the same thing. I said that's a red hot original. I mean, yeah, from a music standpoint, from the way they deliver it, with it's really tough to check custom machine you know yeah in my notes i'm like whoo that's like literally wrote, wrote down whoo <laughs> it's just like that's like that that's the feel when you listen to it you like custom machine when i step on the gas she goes <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 and that's with the whole that that one when i step and then wow the vocals being a car engine yeah, yeah it's just a cool song every way shape and form like it's yeah. one of those songs that you it never got the credit it probably deserved. And I'm sure everybody who loves every group out there is like, oh, there's so many tracks on this album that are great. But, I mean, that's just where I'm at with certain Beach Boy songs. Like, this just never got the traction. Like, the, that song should have got all sorts of credit. The rip chords, uh, you know, the same Bruce and Terry, who were the rip chords, who did Hey Little Cobra. And oh, yeah. Stuff. They covered, they did a good good cover of it yeah there, there's a few bands that covered custom machine in you know the 60s. Um, i've i've beat i'm always there's like punk bands that'll cover beach boy songs like all the way into today and i uh, i every once in a while i'll come across one that i'll just be like oh that's you know like um but that'd be a cool one if a punk band just did decide like hey we're gonna cover that uh custom machine yeah yeah well i know uh, hey man I I think we've probably uh, extinguished our little deuce coop. Yeah, I mean, time. I mean, I wanted to thank John for coming on here. Yeah, for been sure. Something we've talked about for a long time, getting him on here, and it's been a lot of fun. Uh, so, next episode we have shut down volume two. Yes, that's yeah, so that'll be the next analysis. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you, John, for coming. Thank you, listeners, as always, for uh, listening and subscribing and doing all that stuff that helps the podcast grow. Uh, we appreciate it, and then we'll just uh, we'll just see you in the next episode. We'll go over, uh, we'll do a nice little analysis of Shutdown Volume Two. Sound good? All right, we'll see you next time. Pack it up, pack it up, buddy, gonna shut you down. It happened on the street where the road is wide.
Shut it off, shut it off, buddy, now I shut you 